Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of the Litigation Solutions Podcast brought to you by Team Legacies. Through this weekly series, we endeavor to provide you with updates on the important judgments and orders passed by the Supreme Court and other high courts in the previous week, aided by our in-house contract solutions of Karar and Rosnama. Before we look into this week's updates, I am delighted to announce that Legacies is launching an industry-focused webinar series, the first of which is focused on the pharmaceutical sector. The webinar is scheduled on Friday, the 6th of August, 2021 at 4 p.m. Our recent analysis through our thought paper has shown a lot of opportunities in the pharmaceutical sector globally, and we invite all of you to join us for the webinar and the launch of our thought paper. Please, please feel free to visit our website and LinkedIn page for further details. Let us now look at some of the key orders passed by the Supreme Court in the previous week. In an order by the Supreme Court on 26 July 2021, it was stated that a letter of intent will not be construed as binding unless such an intention appears and is evident from the terms of the contract. The Supreme Court stated this while dismissing an appeal filed by Southeastern Coalfields Limited, a government company. The sequence of Southeastern Coalfields Limited versus S. Kumar's associate AKM is as follows, that the company had issued a letter of intent to the respondent firm while awarding the contract for a total work of Rs. 387.40 lakh. The firm had filed a writ petition for quashing of the termination letter by the company and the recovery order issued to the firm. The High Court held that there was no valid contract as it was subject to completion of formalities by the firm, that is furnishing of the performance security and in consequence, the appellant were within their rights to cancel the award of work. Thus, the Supreme Court, headed by Justice Sanjay Kishan Kaul and Justice Hemant Gupta, upheld the decision of the High Court in forfeiture of bid security, while the appellant's appeal to recover additional amount in award of contract was held to be not recoverable. The bench observed that the judicial views before us leave little doubt over the proposition that an LOI merely indicates a party's intention to enter into a contract with the other party in the future. No binding relationship between the parties at this stage emerges and the totality of the circumstances have to be considered in each case. It is no doubt possible to construe a letter of intent as a binding contract if such an intention is evident from its terms. But then the intention to do so must be clear and unambiguous as it takes a deviation from how normally a letter of intent has to be understood. The Supreme Court also passed another important order dated 28th July 2021, stating that an arbitral award that ignores vital evidence or rewrites the contract is liable to be set aside. The Supreme Court observed that an arbitral award that ignores important evidence or rewrites the contract is liable to be set aside under Section 34 of the Arbitration Act on the ground of patent illegality. The Apex Court reached this conclusion while referring to its previous decision in Associate Builders v. Delhi Development Authority. The court stated that a decision which is perverse, though would not be a ground for challenge under public policy of India, would certainly amount to a patent illegality appearing on the face of the award. However, a finding based on no evidence at all or an award which ignores vital evidence in arriving at its decision would be perverse and liable to be set aside on the ground of patent illegality. 
The court further opined that rewriting a contract for the parties would be a breach of fundamental principles of justice and entitling a court to interfere would be a grave breach of fundamental principles of natural justice. Further, an arbitral tribunal is not a court of law and it can only pass an order which may be the subject matter of reference. The Supreme Court also passed an order stating that a lender who advanced interest-free loans to finance the business operations of a corporate body is a financial creditor and competent to initiate the corporate resolution process under Section 7 of the Insolvency and Bankruptcy Code 2016. The court in Pioneer Urban Land and Infrastructure Limited versus Union of India, through Justice Nariman, referred to several earlier judgments, including Innovative Industries Limited and Swiss Ribbons Private Limited, and held that even individuals who were deb and held that even individuals who were debenture holders and fixed deposit holders could be financial creditors who could initiate the corporate resolution process. The court observed that the definition of financial debt in Section 5, Subsection 8 of the IBC cannot be read in isolation without considering some other relevant definitions, particularly the definition of claim in Section 3, Subsection 6, corporate debtor in Section 3, Subsection 8, creditor in Section 3, Subsection 10, debt in Section 3, Subsection 11, default in Section 3, Subsection 12, financial creditor in Section 5, Subsection 7, as also the provisions inter alia of Sections 6 and 7 of the Insolvency and Bankruptcy Code. As per the Code, a corporate debtor means a corporate person who owes a debt to any person, as per the definition of this expression in Section 3, Subsection 8 of IBC. Section 3, Subsection 11 defines debt to mean a liability or obligation in respect of a claim which is due from any person and includes a financial debt and operational debt. The word claim has been defined in Section 3, Subsection 6 to mean a right to payment whether or not such right is reduced to judgment, fixed, disputed and undisputed, legal, equitable, secured or unsecured. Default is defined in Section 3, Subsection 12 to mean non-payment of a debt when the whole or any part or installment of the amount of debt has become due and payable and is not paid by the debtor to the, or the corporate debtor as the case may be. Under Section 5, Subsection 7 of the IBC, financial creditor means any person to whom a financial debt is owed and includes a person to whom such debt has been legally assigned. Section 5, subsection 8 defines financial debt to mean a debt along with interest, if any, which is dispersed against the consideration of the time value of money and includes money borrowed against the payment of interest as per Section 5, subsection 8a of the IBC. As stated by the court, financial debt means outstanding principal due in respect of a loan and would also include interest thereon if any interest were payable. If there is no interest payable on the loan, only the outstanding principal would qualify as a financial debt. The appeal was therefore allowed by the court. The impugned order and judgment was accordingly set aside. The order of the adjudicating authority dismissing the petition of the appellant under Section 7 of the IBC was also set aside. In other news, the High Court of Jharkhand stated the prerequisites for prosecution under Section 138 of the Negotiable Instruments Act 1881 for bouncing of non-MICR checks for essentials of service. The High Court of Jharkhand passed an order defining the prerequisites for conviction and prosecution under Section 138 of the Negotiable Instruments Act 
along with the mode of service. In the present case, the High Court set aside the conviction of the petitioner as the case the High Court set aside the conviction of the petitioner as the conviction by the trial court had certain fallacies. The facts of the case are that the complainant had submitted checks for encashment but were returned by the bank stating that they were non-MICR, which is magnetic ink character recognition, and thus could not be accepted by the bank. The petitioner also claimed that no legal notice had been sent. The High Court decided on all the issues and stated that the trial court had committed an error while convicting the petitioner as the bouncing of a cheque was not due to insufficiency of funds but because of the fact that the cheques themselves had lost their acceptability by the bank. Hence, the conviction cannot be based on a technical error not on the part of the petitioner. The court also observed that as there is no specific mode for dispatch of demand notice, it relied on a precedent and stated that notice dispatched under certificate of posting is acceptable as a valid mode of service. The court further stated that in the present case there is no evidence regarding service of notice, so no presumption was drawn with respect to this mandatory requirement. Hence, the conviction was set aside. Conclusively, the ground to prosecute under Section 138 has to be due to the bouncing of a cheque due to insufficiency of funds and no other technical error. Service of the demand of notice has to be made and dispatch of notice under certificate of posting is permissible in law. Moving on to our next segment, in other legal updates, the Lok Sabha has passed an IBC amendment bill inserting a new clause to allow pre-packaged insolvency process for MSMEs. The bill to amend the Insolvency and Bankruptcy Code was tabled on 26 July 2021 and was passed without debate. The Insolvency and Bankruptcy Code Amendment Bill 2021 will replace the ordinance that was promulgated on April 4th as part of efforts to provide relief to small businesses and MSMEs. This significant move will help small businesses to recover from the shocks of the pandemic. The highlights of the bill can be summarized as follows. The bill specified a minimum threshold to rupees 1 crore from rupees 10 lakh for initiating a prepackaged insolvency resolution process. A provision to dispose all the simultaneous applications for initiation of the insolvency resolution process and prepackaged insolvency resolution process pending against the same corporate debtor. Penalty for fraudulent and or malicious initiation of prepackaged insolvency resolution process or with intent to defraud the persons. Penalty for fraudulent management of corporate debtor during prepackaged insolvency resolution process. Insertion of new Chapter 3A containing Sections 54A to 54P to facilitate MSMEs and punishment for offences related to prepackaged insolvency resolution process. This brings us to the end of today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening in with us. If you liked today's episode, please do subscribe and tune in every Tuesday for more such updates. You may also write in to us with your comments and suggestions to the email id karan.s at the rate legacies.in that is karan.s at the rate legacies.in. We hope you have a lovely week ahead.